Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of First Chronicles, chapter 23. Here's Pastor Ryan. You have to seek the Lord. You have to seek the Lord. And like Peter said in the book of Acts and John, it is better for us to obey God rather than man. And they said, do not preach in his name. And they're saying, do not meet today. So, I'm sorry. If God says to meet, then we shall meet. I know I will. Paul said this before he got his head chopped off. I like to say that. He said this before he got his head chopped off. For all those churches that think that you ought to prosper monetarily and go to the Christian bookstores and they say, oh, you can be rich and wealthy and, and, and have the kingdom of God as well. Our champion before he got his head cut off. Our Lord, who died on the cross naked, cursed for our curse. Paul said this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6-8, through 8, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearance. That's heavy. That's heavy. Paul said, I ran my race. I ran it to the end, to the finish. And that's how God is calling us to be in these last days. Though none go with me, still I will follow. And so when he was full of days, he made his son Solomon king over Israel. And he gathered together all the leaders of Israel with the priests and the Levites. And the reason why he's gathering uh, all the leaders uh, of Israel together and the priests and the Levites is because David is setting up before he dies the, the spiritual um, positions or, or the work of the temple the, that needed to be handled. The spiritual needs of the temple, he's setting that up before he departs, right? So he gets the leaders together of Israel, he gets the priests and the Levites, and he's gathering them together so that he can assign you know, them to what they are going to do in the temple of God. So he's not just concerned with the materials and the preparation for the temple, but he's also looking ahead, thinking ahead of, I need the priests, the Levites, and the leaders of the tribes of Israel to come together so that we can make sure that the house of the Lord has people serving within the temple. And so it's a beautiful thing. God is still concerned with the spiritual needs of his church. Right? This is an Old Testament example, but he's still doing this today. Since I've been um, honored to be a part of this church plant, God has brought people in, people out. 
kind of rotations, but people have come, many have stayed, many have gone. But to participate in the well-being of his house. And it was different at the schools we rented, and it was different at the park we were at, and now it's, it's, it's different today. It's, it's the best that we've had it now, because we actually have our own church in the middle of the COVID situation. Amazing. Churches were closing down, but God gave us a church. That cannot be under, under, understated. He gave us a church. That's a miracle. And if, and if you don't believe that, ask somebody. This, is, this does not happen. You got a two million something dollars worth church in the middle of COVID for 800,000. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. But God is concerned. He is always gathering people together. He cares about the service of the church. Why? Why is he so concerned that, that the, the spiritual needs of his church are, are, are taken care of? It's because it represents him. It represents him. God is everywhere, but it also represents his holiness even here in our church. It represents him. He knows that this is the place where his salvation is preached where the lost can be found, where the hopeless can find hope in Jesus. He knows how important it is, this place. Represents him. It represents salvation. It represents broken people coming in and, 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 and finding who God is. That's why it's so important. And I get it. People say, oh, you can worship God anywhere. Those are the, the Christians who say that. Some are either saying what I believe, yeah, you can worship God anywhere, but others are using it as an excuse not to go to church. And COVID is just another thank you to the world. I have an even another excuse not to go to church, and surely they'll understand. It's just another excuse. I'm not saying the first month. I'm talking about it's been years. You know that how many churches are not opening up anymore? And I'm not like too sad about it because God prunes his church. I think some of those doors he closed himself. You know, he wasn't inside them anyways. They've kept him out. And I think a lot of those churches, it's just God pruning the church. You know, and so... not only cares about the church and the well-being of it, the temple, his church, but he cares about the participators, which we're going to read right here, the Levites, the priests. He gathered, Paul, uh, David gathers them all. He's gathering, God has gathered you, some of you, all of you, all of us, to participate in the care of his church, in the care of his bride. You do know that when Jesus ascended into heaven, the Bible says that he gave men what? Gifts. Right? It wasn't just him like, oh, there he goes in the clouds. But the Bible says that's when he just was pouring out gifts to his church, to men and women, 
so that we can do the work of the ministry. He saved us to work. That's why he gave us gifts. And a lot of people are like, I don't know what my gift is. Well, I don't know what your gift is either. Get working and maybe it'll reveal itself as you work. Whistle as you work, but work. And you'll find out your gifts and stuff. I didn't write it. Don't get mad at me. It's in the book. Ephesians 4.11. Turn there with me, please. Ephesians 4. In your New Testament. Give me an amen once you were there. You see up there in verse 8, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And then go down to verse 11, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets. What did he, he himself, Jesus, what did he do? He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the what? Work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Edifying means to, for the building of it. To build up, right? The word past, this past Sunday, our prophecy update, what I started, the Lord gave me that word. Keep building. Don't stop building. Keep building. They're going to tell you to stop building, but you keep building. They told the, the exiled Jews who came back from Babylon and be, re, were rebuilding the temple, the haters, the government said, stop building. And the two prophets came, prophesied over them, and they commenced with the building. Don't stop building. Because God gave gifts to men for the edifying, for the building of the body of Christ. Till when? Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Do you understand what he is saying here? That he gave gifts for the work of the ministry so that we can build each other up, so we can build his church, so that we're no longer children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that CNN throws at you. And I don't want to hear how the wind is blowing you this way and blowing you this way and blowing you this way. Stand firm in the word. But people are being blown this way and blown that way. And Jesus said, you know, build your house on the rock, on the word. Discern. Okay? Okay? When you know someone has something in each hand, when you know someone has something in each hand, and they say to you, this is the only hand that you can see, this is banned. This is misinformation. No, 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 no. You tell them, show me that hand so that I know 
the misinformation that you say is misinformation so that I, as an adult, can make my own decision. The world is doing this. See that? You can't see this. So it's not me saying conspiracy, conspiracy. The world is not even hiding it. You cannot see this. This is misinformation. Okay? Ask the open hand. Do you believe it's okay to kill children in the womb? Do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe that, that there are only two genders, that God made a male and female? You ask the same people, and, and the ones that are just showing you this hand are going to say no, no, and no. But you can't see this, but believe what we say. So, and and it's, it breaks my heart when people are just like, that's gospel. That's, they told me, and it's like wind, wind of doctrine. Where Jesus says, in his word, I just read it through the Apostle Paul, the purpose of the work of the ministry is so that we build each other up so we're no longer children tossed to and fro. Why are churches closing up? Why are Christians being tossed to and fro? Because the word of God is not being taught. They don't know. There's ignorance. It's like in the end times, the Bible says that knowledge will increase. You can Google anything. We can have, I mean, if I want to know what an anteater eats, besides ants, it'll tell me that quick. Komodo dragons, how many naps do they take? I mean, it'll tell me. The knowledge is at our fingers. But biblical knowledge, there's great ignorance. Because why? Because Jesus said it would be that way in the last days. Men aren't going to want this. They want Joel Osteen to give them happy messages. So that they go right to hell with happy messages. And Satan boils people like frogs. Really slow. And people don't know that they're burning. And Jesus' first message. First message. Was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, I sense that the Holy Spirit is moving. For Wednesday night it's a bit much. But it was a bit much Sunday morning too. I just feel like the times are stinking. It's late. He's coming. Um, but we all have a work to play, right? Because in Ephesians uh, four eleven through sixteen, as as we read, we read it said that uh, that um, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. By the trickery of men. It even tells us by the trickery of men. It tells us, it warns us by the trickery of men. Carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Paul, they would not plot against us, Paul. Christians, of course they would plot. Of course. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. God wants us to grow up in truth and in love. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. That's every. What does every mean? Every means every. So Paul is saying, God through Paul is saying, when every joint supplies, aha, 
according to the effective working by which every part does its share, every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. The church gets strong, it gets built up, it grows when everybody does their share. And that's what my job is, to try to inspire people to do their share. Not everybody can build churches, construction and all of that, but there's something we can do. Something we can do. And it's up to us to ask God, how can I build your house? How can I be a part of it? I can't do this, but I can do that. Good. Do something with the talent and the gift that God has given you. All of you are important. I, I, I have not done this by myself. Countless of people have, have lifted up my arms, have served Jesus Christ faithfully, have, 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 have worked hard, have come early, have stayed late, have labored in the physical things and in the spiritual things throughout the years. It's not me, it's the body of Christ that has helped build this church. And I'm grateful for all the folks that have helped through, all the brothers and sisters. It's not me. I'm just the part of the body with the big mouth. But it's everybody else. What they do is so amazing to me. It makes this place go. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because God doesn't just care about uh, the temple being... um, taken care of but he he cares about the participants he's watching he cares first corinthians chapter 12 beginning in verse 12 and give me an amen once you are there for as the body is one and has many members but all the members of that one body being many are one body so also is christ For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on those, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable or presentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, guys, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. 
I prayed with the guys before we came in here. I prayed with about four or five guys in the back before I came out. Because I am desperate for God's help. And I need the help of God's people to help me do this presentable part. This is a part that everybody gets to see. They see this part. But my gosh, the guys who are with me, who I will not name, are the, are the, are the source behind giving me the strength to come up here they, they, they are worth they are they're worth rubies you're able to be in here because there are sisters and brothers caring for our children who allow us to be in here to hear the word and yet some still don't serve it's not good it's not when one member suffers in the body we all suffer God sees how it is for them who come. They're tired from work. They've had a hard day at work. And they got to put that aside. They got to chug down a cup of coffee, say a quick prayer, and go in there and say, little ones, you know Noah and eight members of his family were saved? And begin to teach them about God. God sees that they're struggling, that they're tired. God sees the security and the guys, the gatekeepers, watching out for this place and, and, and cold out there in the winter and hot out there in the summer. God sees the women and the hospitality and the cleaning ministry and these things. can we not help a little? I would if I wasn't here. I would do more. I've done more. God cares about the spiritual um, needs of the church. And he cares about the participants. And guess what? Jesus saved you to work. I'm sorry. Read the Proverbs. There's 31 of them. One for every day. So today's the fifth. Right? So if you read the fifth proverb, it was all about adultery. Stay away from adultery. Great wisdom. You'll get to Proverbs that talk all about laziness. And I don't know how a Christian can read that and say, not be convicted. I get convicted and I'm the pastor of the church. Oh my gosh, I'm so slothful and lazy. But he ta he's talking about physical laziness, but also spiritual. Our Lord worked day and night. And he rested when he, he rested. He did rest. But he worked hard while it was yet day. And he worked, really, he worked really hard to save us. And that scripture I read from Hebrews 12 about, you know, strengthening the feeble knees and the hands that hang lame. It says in Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who endured the cross, lest any of you be discouraged. Don't grow weary in doing good, because he endured the cross. Both physically and spiritually, it was hard. It was hard. Well, why do, why, why do I serve the Lord when it's hard still? Tired, headaches, migraines, tonsillitis, colds, fevers. Why? Why, why, why preach still when you're, you know? Why? Why in the past? Why did I work two jobs? Why did I do this and the other job? Why? Because he endured the cross for me. And he wants me to do this for his people. And he's going to give me the strength if I just get working. I love you guys very much, to tell you the truth.
Father, we thank you for your word. We ask your blessing upon it to our hearts. May your word stir us up, Lord. May it be on our hearts and in our minds. May the work that you did on the cross for us motivate us, Lord, to work for you while it is yet day. For the day is coming when you're going to remove your church from the earth. And then we get to rest with you and have that great supper of the Lamb in heaven. But until that day, help us, Lord, to serve you. Help us, Father. Help me to not be lazy. Help me to not make excuses, but to serve you where I can as you lead. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.